This is a Suno India production and you're listening to the Suno India show. Dr. Kausar is a psychiatrist by training and he's a practicing psychiatrist in Pune since the last 15 years. He has a special interest in common mental health issues like depression and anxiety. He also has interest in community mental health research, ethics and research and rights oriented clinical practice. He works as a senior research fellow at Center for Mental Health Law and Policy, Indian Law Society Pune. He co-leads a large community based mental health intervention called Aatmiyata. He's also completed the international diploma in mental health human rights and law at Indian Law Society Pune. So thank you very much and uh, welcome Dr. Kausar. Would you like to sort of start off by maybe telling us a bit about what is depression and what is anxiety and what is the difference between the two or maybe the commonalities also? I think to start with uh, depression and anxiety, I think these are common terms which are used. Uh, many a times people referring to mental uh, issues or mental conditions, health conditions also refer them directly as a depression and anxiety. And that's why I think it's it's important to understand uh, the, the difference. And, and the difference is important because I think the... Uh, you know, the course of uh, maybe the treatment or a therapy varies uh, with both these conditions. And plus, uh, the kind of a self-care which uh, you have to take uh, also varies. Uh, uh, but basic uh, difference between these two, uh, though they are both uh, basically what we call them as a common mental health disorders. Uh, by, by that, I mean that they are very frequently occurring. Uh, they are very common and they can basically, uh, you know, happen with anyone uh, around us. Uh, so nobody is like immune to depression and anxiety to be specific. Uh, depression at its core basically has, uh, you know, classically have three uh, set of uh, important issues or symptoms, which is uh, basically low or sad mood. Uh, so the, your emotions or your mood is low and sad. Uh, the second important point is having a lack of energy or fatigue uh, and lack of interest. Uh, these are the second, uh, when I say lack is the reduced energy interest uh, rather than lack. And the third point is, uh, you know, thought process, which is very typically in depression. Uh, uh, there is what we call as a triad of thoughts which is helplessness hopelessness and worthlessness uh, so these are the three uh, like what you can say the characteristic of depression in that sense uh, on the other side anxiety is uh, basically all about uh, more of a worry uh, or more of a uh, what you can say the, the worrisome thoughts uh, about everything basically it can be about anything about your own self future your health uh, different situations social uh, situations uh, performance related and so on and so forth so anxiety is basically the cornerstone of anxiety is a uh, uh, worrisome thoughts or or you know negative thoughts in a common term again i don't like negative positive but that is how they it's, it's been referred uh, and the second important point in anxiety is that and and that is how I think, as you said, we are going to talk today about maybe more we will talk about anxiety today because anxiety does affect your 
your physical health also in in different mean when i say it affects your physical health uh, when you have anxiety you can have some physical symptoms and in the longer run also anxiety has been known to have a impact on the your physical health uh, uh, typically the lifestyle issues like uh, uh, hypertension uh, heart disease and diabetes and so on uh, so that's why anxiety is something which is uh, i believe uh, I mean that's the difference, or that's the cornerstone. Another just uh, difference I wanted to say, and then maybe I'll stop. From the course perspective, uh, commonly depression uh, appears, or you know, people go through depression uh, in a very episodic manner. That means depression comes as episodes and goes, while many a times anxiety can stay for a long period, and that's that's why I think. Uh, in a very medical language we say depression uh, you know from a, a disease perspective depression is more uh, severe than anxiety but uh, if if you say from a duration perspective then anxiety can stay more longer and can you know have a uh, kind kind of a regular kind of a track in your brain uh, than depression which may come and go uh, as a episode so that's another important point to remember uh but these are the few i think points which are uh, important to understand when we talk about depression and anxiety uh just a follow up question to that uh, is it possible for people to have both depression and anxiety at the same time yeah yeah absolutely means uh, you know again uh, i always I, mean, I always hate diagnosis uh, frankly I, mean, i don't like diagnosis because uh, there are that's a different issue about stigma and how diagnosis you know how diagnosis labels people and uh, how we know what happens after labeling uh, that's a separate issue but uh, from a diagnosis perspective uh, sorry so so from uh, this question i think it's a good question because uh, understand that uh, all these are uh, groups of or all these terms of diagnosis are more for a clinical uh, terminologies or more for professionals to be specific uh, uh, obviously for people uh, they need to understand what i am having that's important but but uh, the more importance of diagnosis is from a treatment and a therapy perspective uh, that's one point i wanted to make uh, second to answer your question directly absolutely means uh, depression and anxiety always or most of the times goes hand in hand so that means people who have a depression can have anxiety and vice versa uh uh and and again it's the intensity may vary uh, sometimes uh, some people have a high levels of depression and low anxiety and sometimes people have a you know kind of high levels of anxiety and maybe a depression is secondary so it can vary but commonly uh, i will say both coexist uh, and both basically then becomes uh, stress to each other in in the in other language so because depression makes you inactive and that inactivity can lead to more anxiety and anxiety similarly can reduce your confidence and then that can lead to depression so uh, one of the example so that's how i will say uh, uh, kind of a Uh, anxiety and depression coexist um you know talking about the post covid phase um, like i said you know we had set up this um, india covid i had set up this india covid survivors group and i just want to briefly tell why i started this um so i got covid last april um, and this was during the time when there was um, hardly you know any proper sort of i mean tests were difficult to find you know we were in the middle of a national act lockdown um and uh, post that i actually got severe post covid complications but one of the things that i experienced during that 21 day 24 day isolation by myself in the house uh, was severe was severe anxiety i did not like the isolation i am a very social person by nature i think all of us are but 
um, and I just could not cope. And one of the things that I noticed was that I become very anxious. Um, and uh, a few months later, I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression. And apart from the whole post-COVID complications, um, and just to sort of shorten a very long story, it probably it took like nine months uh, for uh, the doctors to basically find out what is happening within my body physically. And in fact, I was told repeatedly that this is only anxiety. This is nothing else. When actually there were also actual physical changes manifesting in my brain because of the post-COVID complications. Um, so I sort of realized that there was one a mixture of this um, patients, one being told, you know, being invalidated, you know, experiences being invalidated by doctors saying that this is nothing. You just have anxiety, but also just telling a patient you it's just anxiety and not helping them out. I feel sort of left me, you know, literally in the in the ocean trying to swim by myself. Um, and only after I found a good doctor who figured out what was happening um, and, you know, could I get the help that I required. Um, and that's because I have the access and I could sort of fight for myself and advocate for myself, honestly. In, in all, honestly, I'm very aware of those privileges too. Um, and so then I decided, I'll, you know, it's, it's one good to stop, sort of share my experience and to start a support survivors group because this seemed to be like a very recurring experience for many people where people are saying that, um, you know, oh, we are being told to lose weight. Oh, we are just being told it's anxiety. Um, so just talking about that, because you also mentioned about how anxiety manifests itself in physical forms. Uh, could you sort of talk about this? Like, do you think, have you seen that there's an increase in the incidence of these mental health issues? Um, and also, what are some of the factors that lead to these um, things? So if I, maybe I'll just reframe your question. Basically, uh, maybe we should discuss the post, uh, post-COVID post complication and post-COVID as anxiety, basically. Sure. And I think sure. that, that's sure. how I will try to pitch it. Uh, because, uh, you know, there are other post-COVID issues also. Uh, so there is a depression also. There is a sleep issues, what we are seeing. But we may discuss it uh, next uh, as a next question. Uh, so, uh, yeah, may the commonest form uh, or commonest now issues, mental health issues, what we are, uh, you know, as you said already, that what we are seeing as a professionals also is a anxiety basically largely uh, again multifactorial uh, uh, and the list is not exhaustive what i am saying but as you said obviously the first thing is about quarantine when you get covid uh, uh, before getting covid obviously there is anxiety that whether i will get covid and then whether my family will get covid and my parents who are old will get covid so so that anxiety always prevails and it's, it's still there Third, obviously, anxiety is around, uh, you know, basically uh, lockdown, uh, impacts of lockdown and lack of uh, maybe lack of, uh, I will say the lack of health system uh, uh, capacity, basically, to accommodate uh, all people. Uh, and, and that's typically when we have seen, particularly in last uh, April and May, when there was a second wave and the way it uh, exhausted our health system. And that again creates a lot of anxiety for people still uh, that whether if I get COVID, I will get uh, proper help. Um, uh, then obviously, quarantine, post-quarantine, as you said, long COVID, the way COVID then unfolds, uh, it doesn't leave your body. Uh, even if you are out of quarantine and even you are out of uh, core physical symptoms of COVID, it's still, uh, uh, there are, uh, you know, there is a data uh, which says that it uh, either uh, direct impact on your brain, as you are saying, or there can be indirect effects of COVID, uh, like fatigue, uh, lack of, uh, you know, overall energy, and overall the 
you know kind of a uh, uh, for many people with long covid particularly what i have also observed or i have seen at least in my experience uh, there are two three months of almost duration which uh, you know they continue to have a restricted lifestyle which definitely impacts uh, you know their confidence uh, so all these factors i will say lead to anxiety uh, anxiety uh, you know at the outset both depression and anxiety we know uh, you know have some amount of physical uh, health issues or a physical impact or impact on your phys uh, physiology and physical health anxiety is more because uh, you know anxiety uh, technically has a continuous impact on your uh, physical health Why, what does that i mean so whenever you have a very high levels of anxiety again i am not talking a very mild levels of anxiety which is a day to day anxiety of running around but when you have something which is little longer which is you know something which you continue to think continue to you know get indulged into for a little longer period maybe 3 4 weeks continuously you are preoccupied with something then that kind of anxiety definitely in a very biological terms have an impact on your physical health uh, it can impact your even immunity also it impacts uh, you know your digestion it impacts your uh, uh, blood pressure it can impact your overall temperature regulation to be specific uh, and so on basically and it can lead to obviously reduces your pain sensitivity that's another issue commonly you know known in anxiety that your pain sensitivity reduces so that you know there is a common issues like a back pain or leg pain which uh, gets triggered more uh, or even if you have a history of uh, migraine then that can there is a high potential that uh, migraine can increase in intensity uh, so i think these are the direct physical effects of i will say the anxiety uh, and again related to more or less post covid what we are seeing right now uh, obviously the other common symptom i'll just uh, say about this and stop and uh, because it's related to again anxiety is uh, insomnia so again what we are seeing is many people uh, who are coming forward again multiple factors as i already said uh, directly related to covid or indirectly related to covid uh, but there are a lot of uh, issues with uh, sleep uh, regulation and having proper sleep uh, and that that obviously eventually you know if you don't have a good sleep for a few days that's fine but if you don't have a good sleep for now a few weeks then definitely it interferes with your overall lifestyle uh, and again that's uh, why i brought out the sleep issue because again anxiety and not having sleep uh, is a kind of a you know kind of a not a good combination to have for your physical health also uh, and again there are a lot of studies from uh, about covid and sleep that how a good sleep is important uh, good sleep is important to uh, for a recovery for a full recovery from covid uh, and how uh, you know that proper sleep has a good impact on your immunity and that is how it helps recovery from covid so so that's why i think sleep is a anxiety and sleep both are important uh, you know issues to be tackled the last uh, sorry the last point i will mention is definitely the I think that's uh, uh, it's very unfortunate. Obviously, being in a part of a medical community, the way uh, the response of other health professional to anxiety is, I think I feel always unfortunate. Uh, two things: obviously, there is a lack of training and awareness about anxiety among other medical professionals, and that's why uh, you know they just brush it off, saying that it's anxiety, and basically saying that this is your weight and you take uh, care of your weight. That kind of a thing, as you said. Uh, which is completely a you know not a very you know kind of a, what i will say uh, not a very good response or a, not a very proper response to have uh, because what i have seen in my practice also it doesn't help frankly it it just increases the 
what we called as the multiple doctors uh, uh, you can say uh, uh, basically going to multiple doctors what i mean by that if if somebody says you have anxiety then people don't uh, a they don't agree or they don't understand if there is anxiety then what needs to be done so then again go to another doctor and say the same thing another doctor also says the same thing they go to a third doctor i think what happened with you also as you said because then you don't get a solution ultimately and then you continue to go to different doctors which uh, unfortunately again going to increase the burden on health system so i, I, I believe uh, that's why there has to be a different response and and uh, i hope that doctors will get aware about anxiety uh, as issue uh, more or at least they know whom to direct at least if they are confirm that if there is anxiety uh, last point one more i remember as i talk uh, is definitely anxiety uh, and physical health symptoms uh, many a times are very similar so i think uh, you know unless and until you are 100% sure that there is no physical health symptom uh, you should not be uh, jumping on anxiety and i have seen this many a times uh, not now related to covid but i have seen this is related to thyroid issues related to many other uh, issues of uh, you know stomach or gastric issues uh, many other issues like arthritis uh, where uh, you know there is a uh, symptoms which are mimicking uh, anxiety and they have been brushed off for many years basically anemia is a common thing like anemia is missed commonly saying it is just anxiety and nobody investigates or nobody you know believes the physical symptoms uh, so i think I, i my take always is unless and until you have 100% confidence that this is no there is no physical health issue then only you should term it as anxiety and then you know take a proper uh, course or action after that that's how i will say one of the earlier points that you raised is how you dislike the whole concept of diagnosis and the stigma sort of attached to it um and one of the common things that comes up even when i am discussing with other people who are having post covid complications um is that you know one is that they are not i mean one they are not being believed when with their symptoms but also when they have anxiety um and when they're being told anxiety there is some some amount of resistance that is coming to actually seek help so at what point do we does a patient you know i mean apart from of course you know medically ruling out all the possibilities like you rightly pointed out the thyroid you know anemia so on at what point should a person take help from a professional say like yourself or a counselor or a psychologist at what point should that happen uh so i think <clears throat> there are four to five factors which are very important as we always say in our uh, generally from a mental health uh, and there is a obviously data to suggest that also so first important point uh, is if your biological rhythm so basically when i say biological rhythms typically is a sleep and appetite uh, that's the common thing uh, so these are the two things which are affected a lot because of your uh, you know what what uh, you know kind of a mental health issue or a stress what you are going through basically so if your sleep is completely disturbed you are as i said if you are you know not able to sleep for two days then that's a different issue but if you are not sleeping for 3 to 4 weeks then that's something which uh, you know needs to then tackle with the professional similarly if you have lost appetite but you are okay your energy levels are fine you are working okay you are not losing weight too much then that's fine but if the uh, you know your lack of appetite is causing a lot of weight loss and for example in a month's time you have lost 5 to 6 kgs and there is no physical health issue you have as i earlier said then definitely that's something which again uh, goes to professionals uh, 
a uh, very clear cut demarcation is if somebody has a severity of symptoms like uh, whether it's a depression whether it's a anxiety uh, so in depression severity is generally when you are completely hopeless helpless uh, worthless and maybe you are having a suicidal thoughts then i think that requires a professional help similarly in anxiety if somebody is having you know a lot of panic attacks you are not able to you know uh, do anything it's what we call as the completely paralyzing anxiety then again you need to go to a professional uh the fourth thing i will say any kind of a uh, you know any kind of a depression or anxiety which is uh, from a duration perspective if it is more than 2 months or 3 months so you have tried your own uh, you know self care techniques you have tried all the self help you may have reached out to support from you know friends or families uh, and and still uh, after 2 3 months you are uh, not able to get out of it so so the duration wise generally remember 3 months i will say should be the maximum deadline you should have if in 3 months of a self care if you are not getting out of uh, uh, symptoms of depression and anxiety it's better to take a professional opinion uh, uh, then i will say uh, the important other point is if it is completely uh, so again if it is not duration wise but if depression and anxiety symptoms are impacting your day to day functioning so for sometimes what may happen is uh, the sometimes the anxiety is so severe that in 4 weeks it suddenly you know impacts your uh day to day functioning so much that uh, you can't go to office or you can't do any work uh, from morning to evening or you can't do any of your responsibilities then definitely i think you should seek a help so because there is no point in because then it's a vicious cycle because you are not working it will increase your uh, distress and anxiety and depression so these are few indicators where i believe uh, you should take a help uh and again from a, i completely agree that from a diagnosis perspective uh, and this is again unfortunately lot of people again may may not be in this group but there are lot of people i know who due to now google access to internet uh, continue to self diagnose themselves with uh, different conditions and that's not a healthy thing to do because again as i said very clearly diagnosis is more for a professionals and more for a uh, you know clinical terms to be used uh, so uh, so self diagnosis is one thing i will say you should not uh, get into uh, you should just see your symptoms and then as i said all these criterias and then decide uh, whether to you know go ahead with for any professional uh, so that's how i uh, put it you spoke about self care now what are some of the things that one can do to deal with anxiety and depression in this post covid i mean or ongoing covid phase that we are currently in um so what are some of the tips that you know somebody can do um at home apart from of course you know if it gets very severe then they seek professional help but also what is it that one can do to sort of cope and help themselves uh so from a self care perspective i think there are few uh, what i can say ground rules or a basic rules uh, like what we know and what we have and that holds true for our physical health also uh, which are uh, basically uh, what you can say which are basically around your daily schedule so again in anxiety it is very important how much you can able to carry your daily schedule so when i say daily schedule or a daily activity schedule that means you know starting from your getting up time in the morning and then what you are doing throughout the day whether you have scheduled activities throughout the day 
you know you have uh, 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 fixed timings uh, not fixed but at least regular timings for your meals uh, and then uh, your sleeping time so uh, you know something which is what we known as a scheduled activity or daily activity schedule as we call uh, so unless and until you have this and i understand that people who go through anxiety many a times their uh, daily activity schedule get disturbed uh, so as a self care what you should be doing i think and typically in first or second week of anxiety when anxiety is not that uh, maybe you know at a moderate intensity it is a minimal or mild you should try to get back to your daily activity schedule as as early as possible uh, i will say particularly for people you know like young people uh, because uh, sometimes with a you know kind of older uh, people or middle aged people who have a job uh maybe that that uh, you know kind of a, that uh, uh, naturally they get into a daily activity schedule because they have a job it forces them but for younger people who you know may not have a routine and particularly in covid times what we are seeing with the online education happening there is no strict schedule they uh, young people have and there is a high possibility that your daily activity schedule goes for a toss you don't sleep at night you sleep in a daytime you don't you know interact with anyone you don't do any productive work and that has a i think from a self care perspective i will say this has a huge impact a negative impact on your anxiety uh, the second point i will say uh, definitely you know for getting anxiety you, there are reasons may you get anxiety because you are thinking or you are you know getting triggered by something uh, and and it is important i think as a self care or as a self uh, as a every person to reflect and to understand what are these triggers uh, and then uh, basically either you know it's typically like we do for our physical health try to resolve these triggers by your own or try to address these triggers by your own or either seek a help uh, you know immediately if you seek a help either from your partner friends family members or Uh, any anybody you know who whom you trust if you seek help and try to get out of these triggers i think that's a very important i will say a a good self care technique uh, you can uh, you know immediately have and reduce your anxiety or actually get out of your anxiety Uh, the third i will say uh, which is a common sense is about exercise or uh, either a physical or some form of relaxation exercise which we know that uh, has a direct impact on your anxiety or distress uh, so again getting involved into a regular physical exercise or having regular relaxation exercise uh, commonly people term it as a meditation Uh, a very famous term but again relaxation it's meditation is nothing but relaxation exercise uh, so any any form of exercise again many people ask me uh, that whether only meditation will help so again i say no it's not the case basically any form of physical exercise and particularly Uh, many a times uh, i think uh, people may uh, ex- have experienced that when you are having uh, moderate levels of anxiety it is difficult to do meditation or relaxation exercise because uh, you can't focus basically so then a physical exercise is always a better way uh whatever physical exercise starting from home based exercise a walk jogging or you go to gym or you you know go to some sports whatever you like basically i think a, a physical exercise i will say in self care uh, should be there mate it one of the greatest tool what you can have in uh, your armory is a uh, physical exercise uh, which can be a con- you know again may understand there is a issues about consistency with physical exercise but as much as you can i think it will be always going to help you for your mental health uh, also uh, that's how i will say 
and the fifth i will say in a self care always you know i think it's important uh, that as we say some amount of preparedness as we, we always feel uh, again uh, as as uh, i understand that uh, access to uh, mental health professionals is uh, you know is a big issue and largely uh, access is more in urban than in a, uh, you know rural india uh, but but at least if people who are from urban india at least they can have some amount of preparedness when i say preparedness means they should know whom to approach you know uh, what has happened over a period of time is uh, we have our family doctor whom we approach for our physical health issues but uh, again we Uh, don't know whom to approach for our mental health needs and that that becomes a problem so i have seen uh, you know many people when they reach out to me they say ki we are trying to reach out to someone for last month or two months and this this i am saying in the city of pune with a you know 200 odd psychiatrist and 500 odd counselors uh, that's the situation in city of pune then you can imagine uh, what would must be happening in remote areas or in the rural areas so point i am making in, in your self care i think it is important that you should have a preparedness uh, that means you should have contact of professionals uh, at least even if you don't need them that's a different issue but you know at least you should know whom to approach if you you know reach uh, at that stage so i will say these are five four five points uh, in self care which are important uh, and it's important that uh, Uh, people do apply that another point obviously it's a obviously it's not a point but you know being aware about your mental health actually that maybe i have missed because many a times people are very much aware about their physical health issues but what i have seen that people don't consider mental health as a issue or mental health as a health condition uh, and they just ignore their mental health symptoms i think that's another uh, you know though it's not a self care technique but i will say it it may be the pre self care technique you know before self care what starts is you are aware about your mental health uh, and then only the self care makes sense because if you are not aware then there is no self care basically that's how i put it one of the common symptoms that a lot of uh, patients who got covid and are recovering are experiencing is something called as brain fog um, now how do you differentiate between brain fog and the lack of focus that also comes with anxiety um, and uh, i think uh, or are they similar or you know what's the difference from your point of view uh no there is a difference when you say lack of concentration lack of concentration can be you know due to different issues like as you said already you know anxiety and if you are have a lot of worry and lot of thoughts in your mind you can't focus in something uh and second anxiety the lack of concentration can be because of depression can be because you are not sleeping well uh, maybe because you know your energies are less you are fatigue uh, because of covid again uh, so lack of concentration can be because of various issues uh, brain fog i think is a, a kind of a different condition completely when i say different condition as in it's a proper you know different mental health issues uh, Uh, where uh, it can be experienced again post covid it's a common thing what we are noticing also earlier also uh, again it's uh, related to high levels of anxiety uh, brain fog commonly than depression uh, and when i say brain fog it's uh, i think the experience with people uh, always share is uh, there is something which is like they either blank 
they feel uh, so why again the term uh, it's self explanatory it's a fog basically so you feel like there is a nothing you can think about or you can you know don't have anything in your head basically it's like completely blank or you can't uh, do anything and obviously if in that condition you can't focus or you don't can't have attention to something uh, so definitely these both are different conditions uh, i think uh, and typically how do you differentiate uh, brain fog is something which uh, many a times uh, it it uh, though it's uh, both are episodic but brain fog is something which may stay a little longer in the daytime uh, it can uh, occupy slowly more, many hours of your day uh, and you can't get over brain fog many a times what happens brain fog you know stays with you for a little longer you can't just immediately get off many a times when you have a lack of attention or concentration due to anxiety you can you are still aware basically yeah you are not able to focus and you can you know kind of a shake yourself up and say now let's focus on this task basically uh, so that's the difference i will say uh, Uh, again may uh, clinically i don't want to say but clinically brain fog can be kind of a dissociation as we always feel uh, uh, or or maybe it can be something related to depersonalization and realization these are the clinical terms again uh, uh, for a brain fog basically brain fog is a, a more or more or less a lay person's term term what's helped me when uh, i experience uh, this kind of anxiety where i'm unable to focus has been uh, coloring so i basically now taught myself how to color and you know draw pictures and uh, i find that more meditative than meditation itself so 100% uh, and that's yeah. why sorry sorry but that's why i'll say ki you know this uh, fad or this uh, influence about meditation i think should go means i, I don't think meditation means that you sit down at one place and you know start having those techniques uh, taught by different people and there we know there are different cults who take uh, you know do meditation i think uh, meditation is something anything basically may your exercise can your med- physical exercise can be your meditation as you said coloring can be meditation gardening can be meditation cooking can be meditation your work can be meditation so meditation is everything basically Sim- the principle of uh, you know relaxation is when you focus in, uh, in activity and when your focus is very good that you are actually enjoying that activity and you are you know uh, into that activity completely i think that is where we know that uh, scientifically brain wise uh, that's the relaxation for your brain uh, that's how i think it reduces your anxiety please rate our podcast and leave a comment if you like it underreported and underrepresented stories can become mainstream only if it reaches more people so please support us by visiting a contributing page on our website sunoindia.in or follow us on facebook twitter or instagram